Yes, that's why we're here. Beautiful Thursday. Josh Norris, Hayden Winks with quarterback, running back, and wide receiver tiers. Uh, injuries happen this late in the season. Bye weeks happen this late in the season. And it changes some players and some statuses that you've depended on all year long, Hayden. No pressure. You just have to win people's weeks. The quarterback position is particularly nuts. Yep. And obviously, there's trickle-down effects with that. Um, so we'll talk through it. Let's kick it off this time with the quarterback position. And as you know, you can check out Hayden's rankings in full in the description down below. It's also on the podcast feed. Here we go at quarterback. As always, I try to guess this correctly. Let me know. Try to jump into your brain, which is a dangerous place. Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Fields as the top three quarterbacks. Uh, Obviously, the name who has vaulted into contention among these top quarterbacks is Justin Fields. After what we've seen in the last three weeks, uh, the floor and ceiling of quarterback rushing, along with the team just trusting him to throw the football more, especially in high-value areas like the red zone, to me makes sense not just here in Week 10, but moving forward with Fields as we discuss on Stats versus Film. So obviously the matchup is pristine. Justin Fields has been playing better. That's been through the air slightly, but most of it has just been more quarterback designed runs. And he's got a better field for when to scramble. Uh, The defense is worse with the Chicago Bears. That's going to help out Justin Fields a little bit. And all of this has just kind of led the Chicago Bears. Have you ever seen them? Nope. Uh, In the elite. They were at the bottom of the league to start. They're usually right here. So it's been a massive jump. They're projected for almost 26 points. That's one of the highest on the week. And when you have team total plus rushing upside, that's how you can get into this elite category. I think that you should be starting Justin Fields uh, on most of these teams. Um, and then maybe you can trade him possibly after after another big week. Um, if you have like Mahomes plus Justin Fields, I would look to trade them. But if it's Dak Prescott, Justin Fields, you're, you're riding this wave. We, we talked about in stats versus film too. Justin Fields is a really tough week 15, week 16. I think it's the Eagles and the Buffalo Bills, if I'm remembering correctly. So get it in now and be on the lookout for your waiver wire. That's not to say, you know, obviously Mahomes and Hurts have, have great matchups too. You know, the Chiefs at home are favored by nine and a half points. Uh, the Eagles at home on Monday Night Football are favored by 11 points. Just quickly though, some of these Justin Fields stats. And by the way, we have a scheme episode coming out here tomorrow, Friday morning on the channel with Josh McCown. Go and check that one out. Um, in the three games prior to the mini buy for fields, the team only called four design quarterback runs. The three games after the mini buy, it was 24 design quarterback runs. That's Let's not go. even including scrambles. Yeah. And not scrambling a ton. Teams. And they, his scrambles are like 25 yard gains. Yes. They're not these like cheapo six yard scrambles. Correct. Um, McCown made a really interesting point too. God revealing too much that the long runs happen on real scrambles and not quarterback runs, because that's obviously when the defense is so far yep. spread apart. And one final note, uh, through week seven, this comes from Dan Pazuda. Chicago had only thrown the ball 21% of their snaps inside the 20-yard line, by far the lowest in the league. And over the past two weeks, that has vaulted up to 52%. So you're getting away from those Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery touchdowns and getting them more into Justin Fields having a hand and all that, too, which is pretty yeah. cool. I have I have his tape from last week in, in the blueprint. We also have it in stats versus film. Go watch it. Okay. So this is when things get dicey. Let's start off with the top of the A tier, none other than Tua Tunga Vailoa. Another really, really solid week coming up against the Cleveland Browns, which has been like a really hit and miss defense, I would say, this season. And after that is Josh Allen. Let's talk about this one. Mispractice Wednesday, mispractice Thursday. What's your expectation for Josh Allen heading into the weekend against the Minnesota Vikings? I don't think he's going to play. Don't hold me to that. Uh, that's 
because things could could change. He's a tough dude. He wants to play. But right. uh, this team total started out at 28 and a half. It's dropped down to 23 and a half. He hasn't practiced this week. The mechanics of that injury, there is re-injury risk if you come back too soon. And what's the point? The Bills uh, are like consensusly like the top team or one of the top three teams in the league. What's the point this week? So I think it will be Case Keenum. Um, and even if Josh Allen does play, I don't. I would not be ranking him where I typically have him. They might uh, not run him as much. They might not have to pass the ball as much on this injury. So Josh Allen, look for a replacement, but we'll be tracking the news. That's why we have a show on Sunday morning. To add on to that, this is not, according to Ian Rappaport, a quote-unquote pain tolerance issue. It's a functionality issue. Yes. So if Josh Allen is not practicing on Wednesday and Thursday, that leads me to think it's a functionality problem and not that, hey, we're just benching him so he doesn't have as much pain when Sunday yeah. rolls around. Yeah. That's not good. And it might even just be a one-week thing, but I know we're just focusing on week 10, but this could be a multi-week news item that we keep track of. I would say one to three weeks is my expectations here. Okay, we'll get to wide receivers and how that impacts Stefan Dick and Gabriel Davis once we get to that section. Okay, next up after that, it's Dak Prescott. And then some names that like it's been up and down and maybe matchup based. And you can talk us through these and Derek Carr and Tom Brady to round out this A tier. So to start with Dak Prescott, the Packers defense has a ton of injuries. I wrote them in the blueprint here. They could be missing five, six, seven starters this week, depending on how their injuries go. We have a little revenge game narrative with Coach McCarthy. Um, so I think Dak Prescott is is a pretty solid quarterback one. Uh, the team totals at 24, and a, 24 points, which isn't too sexy, but it's higher than most teams. This is going to be a lower scoring week in general across the board. Team totals are down. We have these in, this injury news as well. So somebody, someone like Dak Prescott typically is like quarterback 8-9. You can have a week where he becomes the quarterback that you need. The Packers defense has been one of the most disappointing units, I would say, all season long. And they're actually yeah. getting worse because of their personnel. Rashawn Gary out for the season. Uh, Eric Stokes left on crutches and in a walking boot as well, who's been one of their better cornerbacks this year. So that's tough. And now you have as healthy of an offense that we've seen for the Cowboys this season. Yeah. Um, I, I really, really, really like this matchup for Dak Prescott this weekend. So the other names you mentioned, Derek Carr, this is just kind of betting against the Colts uh, in general this week. Their team total is about 24 and a quarter points. Uh, I believe it's the fifth or sixth highest on the entire slate. So I have to rank Derek Carr somewhat appropriately at home. Uh, I think the offense has been inconsistent, but mostly good, not great. Maybe below expectations, but still a fine offense. And then Tom Brady at home. I know the Seahawks defense has been playing better, um, but really good. Um, yeah, this almost feels like an underrated, like kind of get right spot for, for Tom Brady at home. And it's um, not really we'll home. Aiden. It's not home. It's Germany. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. So that's something to think about as we go ahead, but no, yeah. they're, I mean, they are listed as quote unquote home. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm nervous like Seattle, look, Tariq Woolen, some of the players in the back end are, are playing really well, but what's like made the difference is the pass rushing unit up front. And like, if you chin it Uwosu and a few of these other people can get home, we know that Tom, if. He's feeling pressure. He's getting rid of the ball immediately. But at any point, at any point, it feels like the Bucs are just going to turn the corner. You know? Um, also, some quick news. Derek Carr, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro are on injured reserve. So that's his yep. other options. Matt Collins sticks in our lives. Okay. B tier is led by Jimmy Garoppolo. Ahead of, let's say, Justin Herbert. Ahead of Geno Smith. Ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Um, 
I totally understand why you're putting him here. He's almost a safe option now at quarterback, especially when you're surrounded by all of these insane talents when you're also getting Debo Samuel back here in week 10. So the 49ers uh, recently have been passing the ball more in neutral situations, probably because of the talent. Uh, and just if you're looking at like, I mean, what am I supposed to do with Jimmy G? If they're projected for the third most points on the slate, right. like where where am I supposed to rank him? Seriously. Uh, and then Justin Herbert on the other end, look at where they're projected for 19 uh, points in the fast but bad category, bottom 10 in uh, projected points this week. So where I have Justin Herbert ranked is actually higher than like where you would assume it would be based off the team total. That's just like as like a little hat tip to Justin Herbert. But there is major flaws with the offense injuries uh, and definitely match up this week. So Jimmy G is de- like my recommended quarterback kind of plug and play option. Um, and with this Hunter Renfro news, I might have to move Derek Carr even behind him as well. Next up after that, it's Daniel Jones, Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, Geno Smith against that Bucks defense and Trevor Lawrence. Any of these names that you want to discuss it does pique my interest that Marcus Mariota who's playing on Thursday night tonight um, is around like that quarterback 12 mark for you. It's against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, The weather might be like somewhat of not going to say a concern, but of notice because it's rain and winds up to like, I don't know, 15 to 18 miles an hour that could make Arthur Smith lean even more into the rushing game. Yeah. This is like a very like mid tier. I, I put Daniel Jones kind of like towards the, the higher end of it. Cause he's been rushing yep. uh, so much and the Texans um, are one of the worst defenses <laughs> in the league. Um, the team totals are, are all the same, like Daniel Jones uh, with the giants Falcons and Jared Goff with the lions. Um, they're all projected for like around 23 points. And then Geno Smith a, a tad below at 21. So, um, the, the one name here that I'm, I'm, I want to be more optimistic with in fantasy is Trevor Gina. Lawrence. Oh, well him too, but, but Trevor Lawrence, just because like in catch up mode, who knows what, what could happen, but their team total sits pretty low. I think after like Dak Prescott to me, there's a, you want somebody above Dak Prescott. The issue with Trevor and catch up mode is that they still have nothing deep. They have nothing vertical. And so his, two minute trail constantly is going to be like seven to 12 yard receptions or five yard receptions over and over and over again. And that doesn't, you know, elicit huge numbers. I don't think Um, that's my concern with that. Okay. We got to talk about Kyler. Yep. So let me, let me, let me defend this one. Okay. Well, he's hobbled right now. (laughs) There there you go. Uh, They, the Cardinals are only projected uh, for under 20 points. Now the team total has continued to drop. Uh, he hasn't been practicing uh, hamstring very limited. Yes. And if you look at the splits from the first half of last week versus the second half of last week, and he basically uh, injured his hamstring going into halftime, he did not scramble as much. He took on more sacks and this offensive line. I cannot exaggerate how bad it has been yep. from left guard all the way to right tackle. It's been basically a disaster. They're putting uh, guys on injured reserve and the interior as well. So I just, I don't think Stafford's going to play with his concussion and Kyler Murray's going to be limited. Like this is not a good game environment. You know, that game total of the Cardinals and the Rams with how many offensive pieces are in that game is at 40 and a half. Yeah. And the Cardinals are underdogs, even with Matthew Stafford, who we'll get to in a moment, most likely at least questionable for this. Added to the concussion protocol on Tuesday, he technically can get cleared, but in this environment, how things have been going in the NFL, very likely to miss. And two parts of what you said. The left guard to the right tackle, bad. 
Guess who Aaron Donald's going to be attacking? The left guard to the right tackle the entire game. We have seen Kyler in the past too. When he gets hobbled or injured, it doesn't matter what it is. He runs a lot less. Yes. The Kyler rushing is the reason why he has been so advantageous for us over the years when he does have these big weeks. If he's just not going to run as much, especially inside the red zone, that tanks the ceiling. Now you have that even lower at like quarterback 17 or 18. But I understand it from that dynamic. Totally understand it there. Both offenses playing way less pace. They're uh, bottom 12. They used to be like both like top two, top three. So totally different offenses. Just seeing Kyler neck and neck with Jacoby Brissett, who I get it against the Miami Dolphins. And we'll get to Amari Cooper and the wide receiver. I want to save that conversation. Uh, Then after that, it's Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is not injured. (laughs) If you have any of these quarterbacks, you're you're done. You've uh, you've already lost your league. They're they're watching uh, Game of Thrones or something. Um, yeah. Give me the plot line of, of Game of Thrones, Hayden. Uh, dragons and incest. <laughs> your, your two favorite things. <laughs> Let's go to um, running backs. Uh, no, just real quick with okay. Aaron Rodgers. This isn't like even the Lions game from last week. You can maybe set up and say, "Oh, matchup, matchup, matchup." It's against the freaking Dallas Cowboys. Like that Cowboys front is going to destroy him. Yeah, and destroy this offensive line. Like that's just what they do. They're home wreckers. Uh, and Matthew Stafford is dealing with concussion-like symptoms, so it could be the John Walford show, as as you outlined. I do see you sneakily putting Kenny Pickett as the top of Tier D. Sneaky. Well, they're projected for a little more points this week. Post by Rookie Bump. Ever heard of it? Uh, straight up, Andy Dalton and Kenny Pickett. Sure. I'll, I'll bet. I'll bet you uh, dinner and at the Super Bowl. Okay. There we go. All right. There's the quarterbacks. If you enjoyed that section and if you're new to the channel, be sure to subscribe, leave a thumbs up. As you can tell, we've got content for you every single day of the week, uh, including film breakdowns with Josh McCann and also Maddie F. Brown. And we'll give you a shout out uh, from Maddie a bit later on in the program. Here we go. Running backs time. No surprise. Christian McCaffrey tops the list. Running back one. Saquon Barkley running back two. Austin Eckler. Derrick Henry. Nick Chubb. I mean, I can keep going on and on down this list. Like the top 10 of Josh Jacobs, who hopefully we get a bounce back. It's been two down weeks from him. Why do you expect a bounce back? Let's put it that way. Because, you know, he's been in like the running back 20s territory versus being, you know, a top five running back for the first six to seven weeks of the season. I like betting on like the entire sample just because I don't think anything's changed in this backfield. I think things will just kind of smooth out. Uh, and the team totals rock solid for for the uh, Raiders. And there's a chance that the Colts put up zero points this week. And... Yep. Josh Jacobs just really puts this game on ISO to me. Like after that, Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne's usage out of control. Alvin Kamara projects well, Dalvin cook, Damian Pierce. I mean, this top 11, I think is where the cutoff is. And then miles Sanders, James Connors, a couple like CPAT Leonard Fournette. You have some, some question marks around them, but like the top 11 guys, I mean, man, if you don't have one or two of those teams, your team's just basically not competing. Then after maybe the what running back 14 and quarter old Patterson, you have Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, David Montgomery. Should we talk about Jonathan Taylor? Like the whole dynamic of it, where it's a player coming off a multi-week injury on a bad team, negative game script, expected to lose here by six points, according to Vegas. I have no idea. We talked about this in stats versus film. I think it goes in two directions. Either Jeff Saturday and this new 30-year-old play caller really lean into Jonathan Taylor, or they use him minimally and save him for 2023. And we're going to find out our answer here on Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders, who can be run on. 
Definitely. So it's a very, it's a boom bust. Uh, I'm hoping he has a full practice. If he has a limited practice, I'm not moving him. He can get ruled out. They can say we're tanking. I don't want Jonathan Taylor not playing on hundred percent. He is out at least in limited, but we've seen players be limited all week and not play. So this is something Schefter bombs on Saturday night. We'll react yes. to the news on um, Sunday morning. A, a couple of names just real quick. Um, CPAT, I find pretty interesting uh just because of like how often the falcons are running he's not gonna be a 60 70 percent player he will probably be around 40 50 percent uh because they want to get tyler algier and even some like these caleb huntley guys involved but they this team just runs the ball so efficiently i think cpat deserves to be ranked uh this high and then james connor uh 74 snaps uh, all the high value touches, you know, Benjamin mostly got phased out of this game. If Kyler Murray plays and can't run, is that you can make an argument that's good news for James Conner a little bit because at the goal line, Kyler's less likely to run around. And if Kyler's not scrambling, that could be more screens, more just checkdowns in general to James Conner. And that's kind of where I think his skill set's a little bit underrated. He can, he like manipulate space and stuff as a checkdown artist. So I feel fine uh, with James Conner. Um, I would rather have Kyler Murray in, but hobbled. Should we jump to the split backfield section of the program? Yes. Uh, Detroit Lions, Jamal Williams, uh, you have as running back 19. Then immediately after, it's DeAndre Swift. I would expect DeAndre Swift to play more this yes. weekend. Uh, again, felt like on the 10 snaps that he saw last week, he looked significantly better. That's just my eye test. I am no doctor. Uh, but it seems much more positive heading into this weekend uh, versus it was heading into last weekend. And it sounds like you agree. Yeah, so it just comes back to this. Well, DeAndre Swift's been dunking on my model for the most part based off of big plays, and then Jamal Williams comes out the goal line. So, like, how do you kind of parse through some of the stuff with the injuries? I think it's like another Schefter bomb. I'm, I'm hoping I get a full practice from DeAndre Swift. We already got a limited practice early in the week. We'll just see what happens. These are like Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams to me are like, we get to these guys on Sunday and kind of play it from there. Um, one other name that we pass for, passed over is... David Montgomery, um, it's a moral panic with Khalil Herbert in his playing time. David Montgomery is still the clear 1A in, I guess, a two-back committee, but it's basically a, a two-for-one drive rotation. And the Bears now are projected for almost 26 points. And if David Montgomery is going to play 70% of the snaps on a team projected for that many points, I think people are more, more likely to be sleeping on David Montgomery than talking him up. Let's jump to running back 21. That's Najee Harris. Uh Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio, I believe, reported that Jalen Warren, quote, will get more touches moving forward. Yeah. I think it's very easy to get excited when a backup running back who especially has the archetype of people of a player that like fantasy football Twitter falls in love with a smaller, shiftier back that loves to jump cut and all that stuff. Uh, I think the overriding message, though with the Pittsburgh Steelers backfield is that they can't run the ball because the offensive line is so damn bad. So, bad. so like how excited should we get? Like no. he might be slightly better than Najee Harris this season, but that's not going to equal us in running back two territory. If you're starting a Pittsburgh Steelers, one territory, I should say, yeah, if you're starting a Pittsburgh Steelers running back this week, your team is beyond effed. That's simple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, we're trying to do 30 minute shows now. I got to keep this analysis pretty. Uh, just quickly, I know on Thursday night football, uh, many of you will already have seen that after watching this uh, or before watching this. Uh, it sounds like Chuba Hubbard is going to play. Um, yeah. His ankle is questionable. He has been a full participant all week long. Um, so that dynamic with Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard is an interesting one to watch on Thursday night because whatever it shows on Thursday night is likely what it's going to be for the rest of the season as well. 
and I'm guessing Foreman early downs, more explosive player. Chuba Hubbard will come in, mix mix in on passing down situations, though. Uh, they might get like Blackshear uh, involved still a little bit. Uh, you can't play Chuba. Deonta Foreman, it's the Panthers have to win or Deonta Foreman has to rip off a, a big game. If they are down two touchdowns going into halftime, it's RIP. Because there is a difference between early downs and then passing downs versus between the 20s and inside the 20s. So yep. that is something to watch, too. Yep. Uh, okay, quickly with this Cowboys backfield. Uh, prior to the bye, Tony Pollard had an awesome game. Now he was splitting snaps with a backup to the backup. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see a 70% workload Tony Pollard, and that's why you have these guys back-to-back at like running back 25 and running back 26. This assumes that Zeke Elliott is active, but probably not at full health. That's kind of what the injury report. He was limited last week, and that kind of makes sense, just the mechanics of his injury. Um, yeah. Like Battle Royale right now, Tony Pollard's like the RB eleven or something ridiculous. Like don't 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 be drafting Tony Pollard. I think that's very wishful thinking uh, right now. You have the Dolphins kind of as the exact same thing right next to each other at the end of the tier three. Um, I guess I could ahead. make an argument that they should be ranked a little bit higher. Justin John, I think there's like a case for upside if one of them can separate. Um, Raheem Mostert played uh, early, started, played the two-minute drill, closed the game out. Jeff Wilson was used uh, throughout the middle of that in, in his debut. I'm going to be ranking these guys pretty close together, but there's this, there's a upside case where either Jeff Wilson or Raheem Mostert has a bigger uh, piece of the pie and that this ranking is too low. I might have to put them above like the, the Cowboys running backs, perhaps. Question, and you have time to change this opinion. Let's say Aaron Jones, who left last week with an injury, does get held out completely here. How high are you going to be moving up, AJ Dillon? Um, probably like after David Montgomery, okay. Leonard Fournette, like right in that range. That as an RB two, just this team, the Packers right now are projected for like, what are they? They're projected for. I mean, look at this, the terrible category wow. at eighteen points. So like, and it would be negative game script. I, I think he would be a rock solid upside RB two, but he's not like the top five running back. If Aaron Jones misses time, um, and it's the Cowboys defense. Yeah. Once, once again, um, I did want to bring up one backfield before we move away, and you can check out the full rankings again in the description down below. Uh, you have all three Chiefs running backs in a row. I try to consume some fantasy football content each week, and people are advocating for Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, now, I think it's noticeable, notable even, that CEH has been last in snaps among this backfield in each of the last two weeks. If I can pitch maybe a reason why, someone in this backfield might get points versus not in the previous two weeks is because in the last two weeks, they faced really good defenses, namely like the Tennessee Titans who just shut down the running game this week. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars defensive line, which has kind of been the opposite. They started off kind of feisty and frisky, and now they've kind of fizzled away. So as nine and a half point favorites, even though the passing game has kind of turned into the running game, especially with Judas Smith-Schuster, who we'll talk about in a little bit, um, is there any hope for any of these in that type of game environment to hit? I wish there was a goal line back, but like CH doesn't start, but he gets a goal line carry in, at the end of the first quarter. And then Jarek McKinnon, when they were looking like they could lose this game, he basically played all the snaps later on. And Jarek McKinnon, I've seen subbed in at the goal line because they do the craziest goal line packages you can ever imagine. So like I, I don't know which one, like who would you, how would you rank them on goal line opportunities this week? And like, that's what you're hoping for. Cause you're not going to get 15 touches out of any of these backs. So I rank Jarek McKinnon the highest just because I hope he has four catches and then he has a crazy goal line 
package rolled up well, for him. And, and uh-huh. even when CEH was doing well, it was Andy Reid's brain that yeah. was the goal line situation player. You know, like yeah. that is what they leaned on in terms of shovels, in terms of creative receptions for tight ends. Now it's Mikol with jet sweeps and push passes and all that type of stuff. So I think Isaiah Pacheco is going to lead them in touches out of the backfield, but that doesn't equal a top 24 running back to me. Yeah, over the last month in usage and production, not a single one of them have been a top 40 back. I just wanted to hit on that because I think people have been interested since Isaiah Pacheco has been named the quote unquote starter. Um, And then one quick one. This is the first time since the trade deadline we've gotten the Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray and Chase Edmonds edition here. And so we're going to find out what that technically is uh, moving forward. Just some information to to digest. I know you love it. It's the Tennessee Titans, the worst matchup you could have for a running back team. So these, it's not, it's not good. Uh, Rams, Kyron Williams, I guess we'll see what happens there. But like we've been saying Walford, like what, who cares? Who cares? Wide receivers. Tyreek Hill, the man at the top. I mean, this is loaded. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver two, then Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins as wide receiver four. Now, absolutely. You are not benching. Stefan Diggs of Case Keenum place, especially playing against the Minnesota Vikings when it was the Minneapolis miracle with Case Keenum to Stefan Diggs. Pretty cool. Uh, and you're not benching Cooper Cup if John Walford starts. But is this the right jump down in expectations that they're still top 12 wide receivers with those backup quarterbacks? Playing? I, I think so, just because there's dominating touches so much. Um and because it's just like scoring just in general is not great this week. So like even like the second and third tier teams are still only projected for like 20 points. And that's where like these teams with backup quarterbacks are projected. So he's like betting on volume with, with these backs um, or these, these wide receivers. So I think mean, like Tyree Hill, like is like maybe in a tier by himself. Yeah. And like maybe Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams. Maybe the point is if case Keenum plays, the drop down to where Gabriel Davis ranks this week versus previous weeks where you have him as wide receiver 33 is the bigger selling or the, the noteworthy mark here. Yeah. The, the the ranking droppings aren't linear. It's the, the alpha stays the alpha. The secondary options become now third options. Rest of this top tier. It's AJ Brown, Jalen Waddle, Amon Ross St. Brown, you're expecting a big bounce back as wide receiver nine. And we close out with CeeDee Lamb as wide receiver 10. Again, really enjoying that uh, Dallas matchup against the Packers as we outlined with the Packers being bad defensively this year, playing soft defensively this year, and now injured defensively. Yeah, yeah. This next tier is very interesting. Okay, well, we open with a sandwich of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin as wide receiver 11, wide receiver 13. I feel like they're going to be ranked in this territory until they hit for you. I don't know what to do. This chart sums it up. Over the last month of the season, the Buccaneers are dunking on every other team when it comes to wide receiver usage. And this is expected half PPR points. It takes targets, air yards, how close you are to the goal line, how close you are to the sideline, all all into one metric. And Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are number two and number three. They have not been anywhere near that in actual production because the Bucs offense has been so inefficient. And then like someone like Juju Smith-Schuster, 30 points, and you – see their team with wide receivers are the second highest. So right. uh, I want to be betting on, on these players, but I, I, I get it. I'm as equally frustrated as somebody like uh, Stefan here with Godwin with, with the shit emoji. Uh, it hasn't been great, it's but the, the emoji, it's the, the, the it's, 
the model's got to be right eventually with Chris Godwin. He's not a bad player. No, and look, we always talk about it. There are like stanzas of the season. You know, there are sections of the season when players go off. Think about Rashad Penny last year in the final six weeks, how much of a home run he was. Maybe in the final six weeks, that is Chris Godwin this season. You know, it was in Tom Brady's first year with him and Mike Evans uh, with the Buccaneers. I, I did want to bring up Juju real quick. This is one of the few times that we've seen a drop in like three yards of dot being a huge boost to him. You know, he's not seeing 15 plus yard targets anymore. It's all in that like seven to 11 yard range. And it's because he's sitting in the middle of the field, these in breakers, these slants and Patrick Mahomes attempted 48 passes in that area last week. And so it's just a volume sponge that Juju is like a PPR King at the moment. Fluky touchdowns as we have seen, but like he gives you a really stable floor. I would say the most stable on the chiefs, obviously other than Travis Kelsey. And McCall Hardman right now hasn't been practicing with an ab injury. That would be another wrinkle uh, for, for Juju. Okay. I want to bring up Amari Cooper actually at wide receiver 14 because he's going against the Miami Dolphins, probably covered by Xavier Howard. Um, I've seen this stat mentioned by a ton of people out there, and I want to get your perspective on it. At uh, excuse me, at home this season, I think Amari Cooper is scoring 21 points. I'm not game. a believer in home away split. And on the road, it's 5.7. I've seen this cited by a ton of people. So yeah. you don't believe in it. Why? Like what's the what's the theory? Like why? Like I'm with you. Yeah. To say something happening. Like is he is he not sleeping well? He's not good at like Marriotts. Like I I just don't believe it. Uh, take the full sample, and the full sample is Amari Cooper. Um, at least over the last month, is the wide receiver twelve and wide receiver twenty two fantasy usage. Um, no David and Joku most likely that even diminishes the target tree. Uh, and the Dolphins are going to be able to put up points on the Broncos. And right now the uh or on the Browns and the Browns. It's it's just him right now. And you know? David Njoku might be coming back. Um, but he hasn't been practicing all week. So it's yeah. it's up in the air. Yeah. Um, I just I want to get your perspective on that because that's like a stat, but is it noise or is it fact? You know? If you can't have an explanation, you can't tell me the why behind it, then I right. don't b- really believe in the splits. Right. Um, okay. After that's Chris Olave, the two Seahawks wide receivers against the Bucks. I am still believing in them like you are uh, because it's okay. If Gino Smith's getting pressured because Gino has been unbelievable against pressure this season. And to close out this tier at 18, 19 and 20, it's Christian Kirk, Al Lazard and DJ Moore. Yeah. So people are freaking out about this weather with DJ Moore. So I'm going to have to go do some more research on right. uh, what's, what's going on there. But Al Lazard, I feel great about Sammy Watkins hasn't practiced. Romeo Dobbs is, is out. I think that's somebody that's, I rank much higher than I guess anybody else is Christian Watson. It's going to be Alan Lazard and Christian Watson at wide receiver this week. Just, yeah, just those two. And Alan Lazard has been balling out. Yeah. You have Christian Watson at wide receiver 36 above Drake London. That uh, hurts your soul deeply knowing you personally. It's not great. Uh, Debo and Brent Nayuk as wide receiver 21 and 22. Again, this is the healthiest we've seen the 49ers basically all season long with their skill group. Very interested to see the Debo, CMC, Ayuk, Kittle dynamic too. So Debo, Ayuk, this is just kind of what is your take? There's not great data on this because with, with CMC back, my the, my the big thing I keep going back to is Debo's ADOT's been like under five yards this year. Obviously, when you bring in Chris, Christian McCaffrey, that's where he's going to operate his best, these option routes, angle routes out of the backfield. It's kind of like, putting too much into one play. I wonder if he's going to run deeper routes. Ayuk versus Debo straight up at wide receiver. I wanted to say Debo is better, but Ayuk has held his own this week. And I I wonder if I ranked both of them too low. Like at the end of the day, right now, the, the 49ers are projected for so many points. 
this week and the Chargers defense hasn't been very good. I wonder if I should rank both of them a little bit higher than I have currently. Uh, you have Josh Palmer coming off his 100-yard game. Uh, it still sounds like he's going to be the only wide receiver out there because Mike Williams is still on the shelf for multiple weeks, and Keenan Allen's not going to play until he's quote-unquote 100%. Uh, Rondell Moore, Terry McLaurin, Darnell Mooney, Devontae Smith. They want to bring up these uh, Steelers wide receivers. They're facing the Saints. You have Pickens, then Deontay Johnson, and also the you know difference without 430 snaps this season of Chase Claypool on the field. Yeah, I don't think that any of the other Steelers players, like even the tight end two, the wide receiver three, which I think is probably going to be a little bit of a rotation. I don't think either of them project for like that many NFL targets. I think it's just going to consolidate to George Pickens and Deontay Johnson and quietly right now over the last month of the season has not been efficient. Do not get me started with that. But the Steelers right now are top 10 in wide receiver usage over the last month, consolidating that to two. And now we have the George Pickens post by rookie bump narrative. Um, We'll see if, if Pickett and Pickens can get 10, 20% better coming out of the bye, maybe Matt Canada makes some adjustments here. There's at least a path to George Pickens really mattering in fantasy. And I guess you can say the same thing with Deontay Johnson, who is the least efficient wide receiver in my model, but is still getting like legit usage. It just has done nothing with it. Uh, I think if I can call attention to these two players who might exceed your rankings okay. are Michael Gallup at wide receiver 42. Yep. And Chase Claypool at wide receiver 45. Um, I'm with you on the Michael Gallup stuff. I, I love Michael Gallup and Battle Royale. I like Dak Prescott double stacked with either Dalton Schultz and Michael Gallup or CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. I think he's like the perfect play in a DFS tournament. He's going to be out there. Uh, Noah Brown's still been on the injury report. And I, I agree. He, he hasn't looked that great, but coming off the ACL, maybe he just needed another week to rest himself after the bye. I think that Michael Gallup um, is like a galaxy brain type of play. And I think people are going to be upset at Wandale wide receiver 52, but you don't have to say anything if you don't want to. I don't. What's, what's the case for, for, for Chase Claypool? Just that they're projected for more points. You should be. Uh, I thought the involvement after a short time on the team last week was right there. I think mm-hmm. Justin Fields is being extremely decisive when he's seeing single high coverage and laying it out there for his wide receivers on the outside to go up and get it. And they were just off on those vertical routes last week. And some of it was, you know, pass interference. I think he got two of those. Well, should, mm-hmm. He got one and should have had another. Uh, yeah. So I'm looking at the the prayer yards here, you know? I forgot. You're supposed to rank Chris Godwin this week. Give, give it oh, to me. Where, where where am I putting him? You know what, Hayden? I really like him as wide receiver 13 this week. All right. Let's roll. Cool. <laughs> we do tight ends real quick? Yeah, we'll do tight ends real quick. Hayden's going to uh, pull him up on the sheet. Uh, I did want to bring up this really quickly, if you will uh, allow me to. Maddie F. Brown on the channel uh, posts awesome like 10 to 13 minute breakdowns um, every single week. And uh, I did want to bring up his video asking a question to Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll uh, might be in love with our boy, Maddie. Let me know if you can hear this, okay? Yeah. Can't hear it. No? Okay. Never mind. I'll put it in the chat. All of you can uh, listen to it on your own. But basically, Maddie asked like a really involved question about the bear front dating back to his days against Vince Young Ooh. in USC. And Pete Carroll's like, who the hell are you? That's an awesome question. But no, it's great. It's great. That's amazing. All right, here we go. Let's do tight ends and then uh, defense and get out of here. Not a great week. Obviously, Darren Waller going on injured reserve makes this position uh, even worse. Dallas Goddard moved up. George Kittle projects well. Um, Zach Ertz. T.J. Hawkinson, Fryer Muth, somebody I think that we need to mention along the same lines of me being a little bit optimistic with George Pickens just because you remove one of the options from in, in Pat Fryer Muth again 
has been playing efficient football this year. Gerald Everett, terrible matchup, as bad of a matchup you can get with the 49ers, but there's nobody else to throw the ball to. Quickly with Frymuth, I think we could see some pure slot work out of him. I think of he's going to be that middle of field target with Chase Claypool out. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point there. Kyle Pitts, Dalton Schultz, I have ranked um, pr- pretty high. Uh, he got a full practice coming off the bye, um, and I think that the, the Cowboys are really about to hit their stride. And I think I can see Dalton Schultz uh, going on a somewhat similar run that he had last year. I think that Dalton Schultz would be like a good buy low if you are looking for tight ends. We all are. Greg Dolchich, Cole Komet, team projected better. Robert Tunney with some of the wide receiver injuries. Taysom Hill. Mike Yosicki, Evan Ingram, then you get into these like kind of knucklehead cool. plays. Um, so let's get down to the sicko chart. That's what people are here for. Yep. Uh, apparently, I don't know how to read charts, and I look at an 11% sack rate for the Detroit Lions. I'm like, oh, Hayden is suggesting because there's not many in the strong defense category that mm-hmm. since sacks equal fantasy points, he's suggesting we potentially look at the Detroit Lions. You're like, no, that's not what the chart says. It is what the chart says. They're the highest potential sack rate this week. They're they're an okay play. I worry that Justin Fields been a little bit better than uh, in That's, recent weeks. That was so my point. The, the chart the chart does them a lot, but the problem is is the other the other defenses that project well, uh, the Raiders, the Titans, the Broncos without a uh, Chubb, the Tech. Like this is a I'm playing the Titans. sick, sick, bad, 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 bad week for fantasy defenses. You can get. I'll allow anyone to get as weird as you want. I'm totally down with the Titans. Yep, against Russ, that Russian game. Let's go with the Titans. Uh, okay, we'll close it out here with this clip. I think I have it ready. Here we go. Mentioned the Rose Bowl. Am I right that your version of the bad front stemmed from that Vince Young game? And then leading on from that, I'm <laughs> sure you're always leading your bring up. Oh, no. I did a really good job of referencing that just for the sake of because nobody else thought to do it. But yeah, that's good. Well, am I right that that kind of inspired your bad front stick defense at USC? And leading on from that point, how similar offenses today and your reasoning for the bad fronts today? Um, that's what I'm talking about. What's your name? That's a lot of creds right there. That's a heck of a question you asked. No. <laughs> <laughs> they're that's like best buds now that's that's, that's so great. good that's amazing uh, all right yeah. everyone that's gonna do it for us we're gonna have another show uh tomorrow 15 of our guys ahead of week 10 go and check out the rest of the content here including maddie's video breakdowns the last one was on christian mccaffrey it was very good up the villa we will talk to y'all soon see ya. Mm-hmm.